This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Good morning. My name is Mike, part of our staff team here. I work for Covenant Youth of Alaska as well. And uh, so we're, on, we're going through this evangelism initiative called BLESS, and today is E and EAT. And uh, Pastor Todd and Tyler said, who do we know that's really good at eating? <laughs> and guess who got asked? <laughs> you know, do they know something I don't know? No, I, I, I love to eat. And so today we're going to talk about how this could be a tool in connecting with people. Um, so the intentional evangelism, uh, this is what Tyler shared the first week, planning, preparing, and creating space, physical, spiritual, relational, to demonstrate and share the good news of Jesus. So what we're trying to do is see how we can bring the message and the work and the, the actions of Christ out into the community rather than simply into the church um, so I, I created this great graphic. I spent actually an hour trying to do it digitally, and then I said, forget it. And so typically, a lot of us think evangelism is just bringing people into the building for church. And that is a valid way. We're not saying, let's not do that. But I put 20 people, you know, I don't know our annual, how many people come to Christ for services, but let's say 20. Uh, but what would happen if, so this is where it really gets good. Look at that one. Um, where we're, people are coming in and going out. Uh, what we're talking about is being the church outside of the building. And this is a way that helps us have encouragement and a little bit of traction and, and maybe courage that we might share and be good news outside of the building. That, that is what church is too. Church isn't just this building at all. Um, and in fact... We're a part of a way of God's holy church, the big church. We're just a small part of his story. So as we think about this, we're going to think about relationships. And uh, I put that red heart for love. Uh, I don't know if it shows up very red. But different. you can think about people in your life. People at work, people at school or school, uh, people you adventure with, people in your neighborhood, and family. There's, there's other people groups you can think about. But when we think about eating, these are all people that we can eat with and we can try to connect with. So we're going to begin with the story of Zacchaeus. Um, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, But being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. 
Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. I love the story of Zacchaeus. Uh, There's a lot of different messages we can take from this. But part of it, I like the meal that um, that Jesus shares. He's going to go to be at the house of Zacchaeus. Someone who's known as a, an outsider, really. He, he's a Hebrew guy. He's a tax collector. And so what he has done is he's, he's working for the Roman government to collect taxes on his own people. And uh, anyway, it, it, we could unpack what that would look like. But it, was, it would be somebody who we would not be very favorable of. They've basically thrown in with our oppressors. And so, um, so Zacchaeus... The first thing we see in this that I story in this story, um, oh wait, I didn't finish it. <laughs> the end of that, uh, Jesus says, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. So what I loved about this was Zacchaeus wants to see Jesus. There was something inside him, or something that was happening through what Jesus was doing, that he thought maybe I could have hope, uh, even though I've traded in. My family story, what is good about being a Hebrew boy, becoming a Hebrew man, uh, maybe there's hope for me. Zacchaeus was an outcast. He had long departed from the journey of hope. He was rejecting who he was and embracing a life in the margins, really an exile in the community. Uh, Could there really be a way of hope for him? So Zacchaeus might have asked about that, you know, this rabbi, he might have seen that the rabbi has chosen the outsider, the last, the lost, the least. Could there be room for me? I must go see him. So I think part of what I love about this story is I also can relate to Zacchaeus. Even though I joke about being the one who eats, part of me, I don't like the way I look. There's a part of me that... uh, feels unlovely. And, and Jesus hung out with the people that were pretty unlovely. And he welcomed them. And so there's part of me that responds like that, you know, God, would you love all of who I am? Part of me wants to hide. And so we see in Zacchaeus, there's a message. We could put ourselves in each character here. And you might know someone who might be like Zacchaeus, who may think that there'd be no hope for them. But they hear about who Jesus is and what he does. And they might start thinking, wow, you know what? Could there really be room for me? So how does Jesus respond to this man who is short and wealthy and an outcast? Jesus sees him. And I think this going back to reemphasize our The Bless series, the very first message was on beginning with prayer. I think Jesus is able to see. He modeled someone who's always talking to his father. He was beginning with prayer. Almost everything he did was, he was praying, he was present. He was modeling a very spirit-filled life. I mean, he's just as close to God as you can get, but he's still in a human body. He was full of the Holy Spirit and prayer. He was also listening, listening to people around him, listening to God. So, what I love about Jesus is he offers friendship generously to Zacchaeus. Um, so as we think about, there's the Zacchaeus that we want to 
maybe you need to deal with that part in the story too. What, what in you might think, man, that I'm just too far gone or there's something in me I don't like? God can love you right where you're at. The, the Zacchaeus part of you. The Jesus part of us for this story, uh, will we see people as they are? And will we be generous in friendship? Can we be ones who bless others? Uh, the last month, I started volunteer, or not volunteer, I'm getting paid as a substitute teacher for the Anchorage School District. One of my days off a week, Fridays. And this week, I was at Central Middle School, and Dan Pinkerton was there, so that was really cool. And one of the, there's a seventh grade girl in the first period that she could just tell she was trying to hide. And it was just really interesting. Just didn't want to be seen, wouldn't make eye contact. And uh, I was like, man, just compassion started welling up in me as I, I saw her. And then they took a test and they turned it in. And she had the most beautiful handwriting, completely just dominated that test. I was looking at this later after class was done. I was kind of correcting, but not correcting. I was just kind of, hey, how'd they do? And, uh, and I was like, man, Lord, I wish I would have said something to her. Well, she came back into class to go to grab something she left behind. And I was like, you know, do you, I don't want to say her name. I don't know what the rules are, but um, do you realize how amazing you are? You, you just crushed this test and it's so neatly written. You know, and a little tiny smile cracked on her face. That's part of who we are. We need to see people that may be trying to hide or may feel like they should hide. Part of a lot of messages that we believe is that if you really knew me, you would reject me because I reject me. There's a lot of people that live like that. If you really saw me, you would reject me. And that's a lie. The Father does not reject us. He sees we see in Scripture, at our worst, Christ died for us. That's when the right time for God to show his love for us. The very worst in Romans, we see that. So the most unlovely part of me, God can deal with that. As Jesus followers, as people that want to bless others, we need to begin with prayer, be listening, and see people like Jesus sees and so one of the, the beautiful things of food is it does offer friendship really easily. We all eat, um, and sometimes more than others. But uh, one thing I love about Jesus' interaction is he's not discreet about his friendship. And this is hard. This is really hard for us. Hard for me. Let me just keep it first person. This is hard for Mike. There's sometimes the person that needs to be included I may not be naturally drawn to. But I, you know what? As followers of Jesus, God's going to bring us on a journey that's going to be an adventure. You have no idea who he's going to bring into your life. And Jesus was not discreet. There was no hesitation. And he's basically saying, hey, count me in among those who would call you a friend. So here's the rabbi, holy teacher, one with authority, a following. And he takes this outsider and says, you know what? You're good enough for me. Let me go to your house. I'm going to be your friend. So as we think about eating with others, we want to think about giving friendship generously. The outsider. Uh, there's, and there's many among us. There's many in our society. 
And this is, I think about our church and our mission statement, uh, bringing Christ hope, healing, and wholeness. He's already bringing that. We want to join him in that. Uh, If we want to be and see Jesus at work, we need to go to the margins because that's right where he is. You'll see him working among people all the time that are the outcasts and the lost. If we want to see Jesus at work among us, we will find him in the margins, welcoming the awkward, the outcast, the rejected, the battered, the broken, the unlovely, exiles, aliens, hopeless, stuck, people known as sinners. That's, if we want to be where Jesus is at, I think he's right there. And he, he's other places too. But he has so much compassion for the brokenhearted. And our church, we want to be on mission in that way. It's going to be a little messy. It's going to be awkward at times. But God gives us the love we need. And, and we, it won't run dry. He'll give everything we need. So maybe a modernized addition to the Sermon on the Mount would be, Blessed are the includers, for they will be called the children of God. I love it in youth ministry when I see someone who's an includer, who goes and sits at the table with the kids who don't feel like they belong, um, who when someone comes into a room, they break off and they go and they welcome. There's a few. We have a few in our, in our youth ministry. It's just really a blessing to see that. In adult church, it's also good to see includers. Uh, when I go eat at a potluck, you know, you get your food and you're like, oh, where do I sit? Uh, and, it, and I've just taken, you know what, I'm just going to go sit with the first person I see and, and give friendship. And so we want to be includers, cross boundaries, do, do things that aren't maybe normal for our society, but as followers of Jesus, we have every invitation to just break rules for the sake of love. So here's a question. It's for me. It's for you. How can I be ready to include others in my life? So just am I even in a place where I would cross a line and, and welcome someone uh, and include them in my life? Am I willing to associate with whomever God brings into my story? So there's been some fun stories. You know, so uh, Corey and I, we're just learners among learners. Sometimes you, you have some fun stories. So one thing, when Josiah was down skiing with a, we had four kids from our church skiing in New York for the junior national meet. It was Corey's birthday, and I was cooking a, a meal, and Corey had really felt she was praying, and she was listening to God. It's like, man, one of Josiah's best friends is a kid named Jeremy, and he's expressed he doesn't have a faith uh, agnostic. Um, well, he was really on her heart. And then Corey drives up to where they practice skiing and she picks up Linnea and, um, and there he was, or there his car was. And so they, they write a note and says, hi, Jeremy, just thinking about you. And, she, and then they leave. She's like, man, I wish I would have invited him to dinner, her birthday dinner. She didn't clear this with the cook, but, uh, anyway, so, they stop and get gas, and who pulls up but Jeremy? And uh, she says, hey, you're coming over to our house for, for dinner tonight. And he didn't even know it was her birthday. But he came over, and he was like our adopted son for the, for the night. And it was just, it was a blast. It was a way to welcome, and there was enough food for all. I mean, you know, whatever. The miracle of 
the steak on the grill. What it means is Mike had a little less, but um, I might be able to handle that. Um, but it's cool when you're listening to God puts on your heart to have eyes to see, ears to hear. Many of you have welcomed others into your family. Uh, many of you reach out. And all we're saying is let's keep doing that all the more. Let's be the church outside of the building. Um, so I do want to give well, one other story. I think we have some time here. I'm gonna, uh, we live in the Butte. And the Butte, you know, if you don't have a blue tarp, you're really nothing in our neighborhood. Uh, so I have my blue tarp up. And there's, there's a property on our street that I would drive by and just sense myself kind of judging the people. There's probably 40 families that live on this property. Uh, and it's pretty broken. It's, it's a mess. And God had said, you know, Mike, why don't you start praying for them rather than judging them? Why don't you try to love them rather than just judging people by the way they look? And so I did start praying. Every time I pass, I'd pray, God, would you help people flourish here? Would you bring health? Would you bring your message? Would you bring love? And then one night, it's like, you know, Mike, how about you, you be friends with them? It's like, well, Lord, how in the world is that going to happen? It's kind of intimidating. There's like pit bulls running around everywhere. And, uh, you know, and so that very next day, I drive by coming back from dropping Lydia off from school and uh, their garage is on fire. And so anyway, was able to be a part of engaging in that with them. And then they needed food. I saw they were just poor people that probably are pretty stuck. Some of them are not all in dependency, but there are some dependency issues. But they're really poor. So I brought what I had. And then a family from our church unloaded a blessing on them of food. Food, paper products, supplies. And gave me a chance to go, go back. Now, they weren't real receptive and warm when I went back, um, but they were very appreciative in the moments. I just think we need to be people who see what's around us and to let God use us to bless others. And it may look, it may not look neat and clean. And, you know, there hasn't been much happening since then. I did try to leave the door open. Because I work for Kayak, I have a broken snow machine that Kayak owned in my yard. And so, uh, I told them they could have it. I asked them to come get it. They haven't come, so I I can go drop that off. So here's my invitation to hold me accountable. I can go back and give... They fix stuff. They they make things run. So they're much better for owning that than me. (laughs) Um, Even though my my status in the Butte might go down a little bit. Um, (laughs) But keeping ways to keep relationships open... Hey, can I come back sometime? You know, so I know Jimmy. I know Jimmy. We're not close, but I know his name. And so, uh, so God is, can lead me to be a neighbor, to love my neighbors. So here's a few how-tos. If you're a note-taker, uh, kind of transitioning from our story, and this is some how-tos. So one, oh, one caution, huge caution. Jesus was able to engage those around him without compromising who he was. 
you know, it's, I see it, you can befriend people, uh, and we want to do that. But we also want to be Jesus people as we do that. We don't want to look like a religious version of them. Uh, and so the word holy is kind of a wrecked word, but really it just means give yourself to God over and over and over and over again. Say yes to him, not to the things other people do or say. It's not just an absence of bad behavior, but it's the presence of who God is in your life. Be holy. So as you enter and, and love the unlovely and make friends with people that might do behaviors that I don't do yet. I don't want to become like them. I want to love them. And so behavior isn't the issue. It's, it's relating to God and to one another. He'll deal with their behaviors. He does with mine. And he does with you. I got to pull the log out of my own eye. I have my own issues. And so uh, just the caution though, just to be careful. Jesus was able to do all this without compromising who he was. So here's the how-to's. This really helps. So this comes from Campus Crusade. I worked for them for 16 years. We were great at how-tos. But the word sometime really helps break the ice and takes the pressure off you. So if you have a neighbor or a friend or a coworker or someone at school, hey, hey, sometime I'd love to bring a meal over. Let's, Let's go to dinner or we're having a barbecue. Sometime. Let's do that. Sometime. So just use the word sometime. It introduces the idea without actually inviting at that moment. It kind of gets it on the table, but then you need to uh, follow through. So the next thing would be make sure you refill your love tank. Uh, if I invite someone and I'm on E, you know, so we just hosted my family this week, and my tank was pretty close to E, and I was pretty snappy with my family. It was horrible. Um, I needed to spend time taking the log out of my own eye to forgive people be thoughtful. Be ready to love others. None of my family has come to Alaska, and I hope they come back, you know. And so um, this was a, a real blessing to have them. But as we want to love others, we have to be loved and receive that from God. So then, if we said sometime, we've refilled our love tank, then you need to ask them, you know. Uh, it's Good intentions are great, but just do the action. Try it. Even if you feel awkward, do it. Ask them, hey, come on over for dinner. Uh, The next would be love them the way they receive it. So one time in Eugene, when we, uh, Corey and I, we invited our new neighbors over for a barbecue. And we had just spent the summer up here in Alaska. So I had halibut, salmon. I grilled it up. It was looking good. And then they come over with veggie burgers. And I didn't even ask. They're vegetarians. And so um, we had an abundance of salmon and halibut to eat. I didn't even think about how do I love people where they're at. And so just think, be thoughtful and love people the way they receive it. And then open your heart to connect. And so I can be a busy body, serve the food, but is my heart open to really want to connect? It's all about connection. It's not just about food. Is my heart open to connect with people? Is your heart open to connect? So some ways we can uh, use food and eating. Food can be a gift. You could win favor wherever you're at, those spheres, by bringing something special like donuts. Guys, bring donuts to your work. 
Um, pizza, cookies. Bring something that's not normal and just because. You know, uh, spend some money and bring something to your place of influence and just see what happens. Just bless people. Food can be relief. I shared that story where it really was a blessing to that family uh, that had nothing or very little. Food, food should be social or can be social. I think one uh, helpful tip would be for all you who love Pinterest, get on Pinterest and look for games or have a bag of tricks so that you can do something together. Because sometimes it's, it's, you can have food and you sit around and if you're not a real talkative person and they're not, that, the awkwardness, awkwardness level starts rising and you all feel it. But if you have something to do, it can help a lot. And so whether that's games or, uh, you know, so we built an axe throwing station. I might encourage you to have that. It's really quite fun. Um, But do things that you like to do that you'll have fun at. The people around you will most likely have fun too. But just have a few things up your sleeve where if you invite someone over, you also have some ways to connect and bond. Um... Let me catch up here. All right. All right. So, and then lastly, food is hospitality. And this is something that Curtis Ivanoff says that he learned uh, out in the village is just the phrase, you're just in time. You know, somebody shows up at 10 o'clock at night at your door, and rather than saying, hey, thanks for coming over, we'll see you tomorrow, they would just say, you're just in time. I'm just putting on a pot of coffee. You're just in time. I just made some cookies. So the hospitality of welcoming others. And I just really, I think that that's part of what we can do well as Alaskans. We can learn from our Alaskan native brothers and sisters. Hospitality is a strength of their culture. We can learn. I can learn from that. I learn. From, I watch people in our church that are gifted in hospitality, and I get a little better at it. You're just in time. Or share some of the things that are special, like salmon or halibut, berries, garden stuff, uh, moose, caribou, whatever it might be that's special to you. Try to give a gift of those, those things. You know, it, it, it really is a... It can be received that way. Seasonally... Cookies, pies, Pinteresty things. You know, you can uh, you can really practice hospitality through giving food. Um, oh man! So, what we're talking about is living a different story, trying to be the church outside of the walls. And uh, so, here's that great graphic again of you and me with love in our hearts, seeking to to bless people in our spheres of influence. And this is a quote from Henry David Thoreau. Uh, If a man or woman does not keep pace with his companions, perhaps it is because he hears a different drummer. Let him step to the music which he hears, however measured or far away. I think God longs for us to listen to his drumbeat, to his values, to his story. And we may look different. We're going to love different. But he wants us to listen and to follow him out into darkness, out into the edges. And life, we'll have life as we go. 
And it'll be really encouraging as a family to hear how God is at work. Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, Jesus. Let's go eat. That's my quote. So, <laughs> Father, thank you for giving us each other. Uh, thank you for your love for us. That the parts in us that we feel are unlovely, you are able to love just as we are. You love fully. You bring to life. You help us flourish. And you want that for the world. You want that for the people we know. You want that for our neighborhoods, for our communities, for our family, for our schools, for our work. You desire that people would flourish in you. So would you help us have courage to be lovers and to use food as a way to welcome others. God, we pray that we would see you at work in our body. In Jesus' name, amen.